This interview series is brought to you by the IIEA as part of our Global Europe project. Hello, my name is Leanne Digny and I'm a researcher at the Institute of International and European Affairs, the IIEA here in Dublin. I'm delighted to be hosting an interview today as part of the IIEA's Global Europe project, supported by the Department of Foreign Affairs. This project aims to address, analyze and communicate to the wider public the EU's role in the world and Ireland's role in the multilateral order. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Ireland's two UN youth delegates, Jessica Gill and David Giles, who have kindly agreed to share their reflections on their recent experience of writing one of the first standalone youth chapters in a voluntary national review, which was included in Ireland's 2023 report at the UN High Level Political Forum in July. So Jessica and David, thank you and, and, and welcome and thank you very much for joining for joining us today. So could I just ask you maybe to just briefly explain what the voluntary national review process actually is all about? Of course. So the voluntary national review process is an opportunity for member states to come forward and present their progress on the 17 sustainable development goals that were agreed upon back in 2015 and we'll be working towards them until 2030. So this is halfway towards the goals. It's a very significant time for Ireland to be doing a voluntary national review. And Ireland was one of 40 countries that conducted their voluntary national review at this year's high level political forum. And I think what was so significant about Ireland's VNR this year, the voluntary national review, is that it was the second one that Ireland's has, and it was the first one to have a standalone youth chapter, one of the first ones, as Leanne mentioned earlier. It followed the theme of leaving no one behind while building back better after COVID. And considering that Ireland is co-facilitating the SDG political declaration this year, I think it was really important to kind of build some momentum towards the sustainable development goals to show that Ireland are trying their best to achieve them and try to lead in this space and this area. Um, brilliant. Um, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you think the added value is of including this youth chapter that you've mentioned? So I think one of the most important things about having youth chapter is that it provides young people with a space to have full autonomy in their views to uh, highlight areas where youth are most interested and most affected and they can be honest and critical um, in their discussions about the sustainable development goals. They're not pushing a specific agenda as a youth organization might be. And also I think it's great that there is a standalone youth chapter because in other voluntary national reviews in other countries, they've had a youth section in a civil society chapter and while that is great in moving forward uh, towards having youth participation in the voluntary national review process, it engages young people who are more engaged and involved in sustainable development goals uh, advocacy already, as opposed to young people who might never have heard about the sustainable development goals before, like a youth chapter, a standalone youth chapter could do. I oh, know, just to add to that, um, I think really just such a great opportunity for Jessica and I to, to write one of these standalone youth chapters to make history in, in our own small way. And we were really grateful um, that we could be honest and critical. A lot of young people across the world just don't have that opportunity to, to be a critical voice of government policy, whereas we were given that platform and we were encouraged to, to really bring a youth voice and to represent that voice, even if it wasn't, um, even if it wasn't, you know, critical. Um, but we thought it was important to bring a youth specific perspective because we found that some issues really shone through in our chapter um, that young people felt very strongly about that wouldn't have featured as strongly in the 
in the other chapters of the Voluntary National Review. Yeah, and David, as you've said, there really was kind of a history in the making where Ireland have once again kind of been leading the way in terms of, you know, this, the goals towards reaching the, the SDGs. Um, so maybe if I could just ask, what was your experience then? Or, you know, what was the process that you followed in writing these youth chapters? Yes, yeah, so I can begin there. So we, um, one of the, the essential parts of the process really was a consultation. So we were on a pretty tight deadline, but we decided to have a consultation with around 100 young people from a variety of backgrounds. We tapped into the network that the National Youth Council of Ireland already had, which is really helpful. And we brought young people together. We asked them what SDGs were most important to them. How do they feel about government progress on the SDGs and stakeholder progress on the SDGs and what actions should be prioritised going forward. And the consultation was really great. There was so much energy and there's so much enthusiasm. And we really took a lot of learnings from that and incorporated them directly into the youth chapter. And for those that might have the opportunity to read it, there's loads of pictures in the youth chapter from the consultation itself and quotes directly from young people, um, which is a nice aspect. And then because we could only gather a certain amount of information at this consultation, we tapped into other resources, other surveys that haven't done, other reports to try and get as much a holistic view as we could. Um, we would have loved to have a broader range of consultations, online consultation surveys, but we were somewhat limited by the time constraints. But if we were to do this all over again, we definitely would kind of seek to have broader engagement there. And another important part of the process was developing a youth advisory group. Um, which had members from the National Youth Council of Ireland and Cora and Oak, another youth organisation in Ireland. And this was a really important part of the process for us because we wanted to ensure that the process was entirely youth-led. So this helps us to develop the priorities for a youth chapter. You know, we talked a lot about how we wanted to ensure that it was critical, that it could be honest, that we could include the voices of young people who are hardest to reach. And this also was important in developing the methodology for the consultation. We spoke to the youth advisory group on how we could make sure that the consultation was engaging, uh, young people felt like they could have their voices heard authentically and that it was suitable for young people because, you know, the sustainable development goals aren't the most light and easy topic to talk about for a couple of hours. So I think we managed to make it really youthful and really fun and engaging. And I think one thing we would have loved to do if we were to do this chapter again or if we were to recommend for other countries to have youth chapter would be to have a draft and review process with youth advisory group because while we were on this deadline we didn't have the opportunity to give um the young people a lot of time to respond to the chapter we'd written to get all their feedback in and I think in terms of making a youth chapter as meaningful as possible a draft and review process it would be really really beneficial well that's brilliant and it, it does seem that there certainly were lessons learned that can be taken forward you know for the, for the next um review process um so it, it's just it's really important to have the voice of young people you know in these processes how was the process or was the process made as inclusive as it could have been in terms of the diversity of young people that were involved? In terms of our consultation, um, we really actively sought out um, young people from more marginalised backgrounds. We had young people from the travelling community and young people living in direct provision um, at the consultation. And in terms of that secondary research that we did, we looked at reports um, that engage with young people living in the border communities and in the north of Ireland. Um, and that was really important to us because 
the whole theme of Ireland's voluntary national review is building back better while leaving no one behind. Um, and that leaving no one behind piece is something that uh, is almost the default that you have to really act to counter um, because many groups are left behind by society as is. And unless we make a, take positive actions to include them, then um, they kind of will continue to be left behind. So um, we we did the best that we could, but um, something that's really important to, to Jessica and I, um, our side event at the UN really highlighted this, was we want to be open about our learnings in the process. Our youth chapter, while it was a first, was far from perfect. And we want to allow our lessons to benefit others who may wish to write youth chapters going forward. So as you've mentioned, you you were both actually over in New York in July when the when Ireland's VNR was being presented at the UN High Level Political Forum and you were engaged in the side event there, you organized the side event there. So after those experiences, are you hopeful that other countries are motivated to also include a youth chapter in their future VNRs? Yeah, I think there was really it was really good response that we had from the side event and from the youth chapter as a whole. Uh, we were really impressed with the turnout we had for a side event. You know, it was at 6 p.m. So I didn't, you know, it's hard to have this full day, full jam-packed schedule of um, being at the conference and then to attend this other event in the evening. So we were really happy to show people, see people showing up engaged and supportive. And we are compiling a document with all of the key recommendations from the discussions had at the side event, because we really hope that by creating this um, kind of advocacy material that youth delegates or other youth representatives can go to their member states and say, here is a document with all of the information on how youth delegates in the past wrote through youth chapter, what is beneficial, um, what are the best practices, and really use this to help them convince their governments to let them have this important chapter and to see why it is so beneficial. I, I think on that, um, we also have hopefully set a precedent um, for voluntary national reviews in Ireland um, going forward, but also for um, different government accountability processes. Um, Jessica, you were involved in the Universal Periodic Review as well, if you want to speak to that. Yeah, so when I was a member of Plan International's Youth Advisory Panel, I still am, uh, Plan International Ireland, uh, it's a fantastic, uh, there's a fantastic support for young people to become more involved in these UN mechanisms and to really empower young people to have those skills needed to do so. So we did a UN accountability training, accountability mechanisms training that really showed us how to engage with these processes. And I was able to um, draft a report of Plan International and the Youth Advisory Panel's recommendations and speak at the Human Rights Council about these recommendations. So I think, you know, the likes of the youth chapter in the VNR and having youth-led universal periodic review submissions, this is a really big move forwards in having young people at the UN in these formal in these formal procedures and showing that they can have an impact and speak well about these topics, have expertise in these topics at the UN level. So I think hopefully our voluntary national review youth chapter will also be a step forward in achieving this. Well, no, that's fantastic to hear, Um, you know, especially coming from, you know, not just government, but CSO and, and NGOs as well. Um, so what other steps specifically do you think can be or should be taken by governments to ensure that young people are included as partners for the achievement of the SDGs? I, I think as a starting point, um, when we talk about implementation of the SDGs, especially including young people, there first has to be an awareness as to what the SDGs are, why they're important, why Ireland is striving to achieve them, because 
it's great for Jessica and I to be speaking about these things at the UN, but ideally there will be a broader base of young people who see this as something really important that Jessica and I are advocating for. Um, and I think there's a lot that government could do um, in terms of building awareness both across the departments and also across all um, semi-state bodies and through their outreach efforts as well. I was passing um, a, a post van drove past me the other day and it had the SDG logo on it and it said zero emissions. And I thought that was a really cool initiative um, because it's just really getting it out there and starting conversations. And I think that's a really good starting point when we talk about um, implementation of the SDGs. Jessica, also, um, if you want to speak about the experience of, in Denmark, that might be interesting. So yeah, during our consultation, we spoke a lot about how you know, young people feel like the sustainable development goals are relevant to them or to their lives. And a lot of the time, people echo these these sentiments when talking about politics or policy, they feel like, you know, we're just one person, what can we do? Or how is this big government policy relevant to me? But uh, I recently went to a festival called Folkemol in Copenhagen, or it's in Bornholm, an island in Denmark. And um, so it's really kind of the concept is to, to narrow the space between politicians and citizens. So a lot of citizens from Denmark and politicians, uh, organizations like civil society, but also private sector come to this one festival in the island so that they can all be together to learn at different events on different topics. There'll be panel discussions. There'll be lots of fun events. You know, you'll have a DJ battle between some of the politicians. You'll have some of the politicians playing football with the children. I saw like a hairstylist competition between some of the CEOs of private sector organizations and uh, people from NGOs as well. So it's all about creating this fun atmosphere where people can just go and talk to a politician. They can spend time with them. It narrows the space and shows people, you know, that they're all working towards the same goal, that they can have these discussions on political issues, but also have a lot of fun together. And I think it's a really, it's a really great idea to help people see how, you know, politicians are representatives of them, but not these people to be put on pedestals who talk about things that are only important to politicians. Wow, that sounds amazing. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a, it's, it sounds like something that's so important because the implementation or the achievement of the SDGs has to be collaborative um, between all members of society. Um, I suppose just picking up on what you've said there, it seems that maybe to some young people, the SDGs could be quite an abstract concept. Um, do you see that maybe there's a gap in education there that sh should the SDGs and, and knowledge around these systems be mainstreamed through education? Yeah, um, I think that education, um, both formal and non-formal education, has a massive role to play in terms of reaching young people. Um, it's been great to see the two new leaving their subjects come out, um, the climate change and sustainable development and also politics and society. Um, but as far as I understand, these are kind of pilot schemes at the moment, and hopefully these can be expanded across as many schools as possible and really training um, the teachers of these subjects to make sure that this can be a really substantial um, exercise that young people actually feel empowered to go out into the world and use what they've learned in these subjects because um, I think that's something I would have really benefited from in my formal education but also through non-formal education um, the National Youth Council of Ireland who we engage with um, would always say that youth work changes lives and I'm a big believer in that and there's a lot of opportunities for young people to engage when these organizations are properly funded to, to reach people, including those that aren't in the formal education system. Um, so I think education has a, a major role to play. 
Um, do you have any idea, you know, any way that you think that youth can be mobilized at a more local level to contribute towards developing policies or legislation that would support the achievement of the SDGs? I think one thing that's really important is we've seen in our work that young people are really active in the space of education. You know, you see the ISFTU like uh, campaigning a lot in terms of education policy. And while that's really fantastic, it's also important to include young people in the implementation of all SDGs, so not just the ones that seem to be typically related to youth. So at a local level, it would be really great to, to involve young people in more initiatives surrounding you know, reducing poverty. There's a lot of great community initiatives like community kitchens. We've seen a lot of young people who are leading in this space. And uh, the likes of SDG 16, Peace, Justice and Strong Institutions. We've really seen that a lot of work to promote peace and uh, sustainable peace is done at the local level. Um, and I think it's really important to include young people in these and these organizations and, you know, have cross-border collaborations and to strengthen these border communities I think young people can be really intrinsic to this at the local level. Um, and as well, in terms of the communities, I find sometimes it's at the community level that there's a strong focus on sustainability, be it environmental or social or economic. I recently spoke at Skibbereen Arts Festival, um, which is about as local as it gets, but you had 200 people in the part hall to hear about climate change and advocacy and science and art um, on a Saturday morning. and. That was really inspiring because that was um, looking at local solutions and how they can make Skibbereen zero carbon and plastic at this local level and just ensuring that young people are involved in those processes that it's that the, it's kind of intergenerational and young people can bring their enthusiasm um, to these spaces and also connecting with the youth delegates I think is something that can be done at the, the more local level. Um, Jessica and I have travelled around much of Ireland and then also there's two climate youth delegates which are engaging in the climate space. I think one good example from the climate chief delegate Elon, she's working with an organization called Change Clothes, Change Clothes Crumlin, uh, which is all about kind of a sustainable fashion and upcycling at the local level. And it really focuses on working in communities who want to have initiatives like this, who are more disadvantaged. And I think this is the key to involving young people in the SDGs. It's meeting them at a level where they're at, finding things that they're interested in, making us see the connections between the different issues at a local level and at a global level. I think another thing that me and David did during our term that was really kind of impactful, we spoke to some school children from the ages of four, five, six, up to 10, I think. So it was a very interesting thing to talk about the sustainable development goals to people so young. And we really tried to show them how issues that they see in their in their in their daily lives can connect to these kind of more global issues and the sustainable development goals. So I think this is a really important part in engaging young people. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, oh, it's great to hear about all these initiatives that are happening at a local level, and I hope that it's something that will just, you know, really take off and continue. Um, going back maybe to to where governments, uh, governments and development partners should be investing to optimize youth youth participation. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think in terms of um government engagement with young people, we've been involved in different processes this year, including the National Youth Assembly on Climate, um, where we were the independent observers on that and just looking to see how this process, which was managed by the Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth, whether that was aligning with the Lundy model of participation, which is kind of the gold standard in Ireland. And that was really positive because 
I think it's a space that is really working for meaningful engagement of youth and climate policy. Um, but as Jessica was saying earlier, we have these spaces for education and for climate and a few others, but kind of really expanding across the full breadth of the SDGs would be something that could be worked on going forward. Um, and I think as well, in terms of government support, supporting these local initiatives that I was speaking about, um, there's some really great projects that have come out the, of the the Youth Climate Justice Fund, um, supporting youth organizations. There's a podcast that I listen to um, called the Sustainable Sleepover Club. And some of the, the young people on that are in their early teens and bringing on guests and just really having interesting discussions. Um, and this is made possible by funding from a government source. So just to kind of expand um, the breadth of that funding, I think would be great. And I think when we talk about uh, youth engagement, it's to have that meaningful piece. Um, you know, Jessica, you, you probably have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I think one thing that we've talked about a lot as youth delegates is, you know, what's the difference between youth engagement where you have a photo opportunity and you're invited to these events and you say what you think and the government says, oh, very nice, and then nothing comes of it. And one thing we really hope for a youth chapter is that, you know, we put a lot of work to make sure the youth voice is authentic and we really want there to be follow-up. And I think this should be across all youth engagement opportunities. You know, you want young people to feel like their work is uh, important, that it's being listened to, that they're being heard and that it has an impact. So I think it's really important to have this follow-up where you meet with young people again, tell them what has been changed since you last met, which um, areas have been progress in and, you know, really make them feel like they are partners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, no, just going back to, I mean, obviously you've been working in partnership with government and, and different departments there, but there are other development partners as well, such as uh, development organizations. And I wondered if you might have thoughts on what more they could be doing in this sphere. Yeah, so I think we've seen through our work some really great opportunities that are specific to young people in the development space. I think there's been a bigger movement towards having like youth delegates from different um development organizations so the likes of concerns youth delegate um like that was a really great initiative to create and you know i think we've been really big fans of concern because we've seen they're doing a lot of work you know promoting the sustainable development goals on tiktok and using these kind of more youthful spaces uh we talked a lot about you know how you can reach the harder to reach young people and i think you know we've also tried in our work to use tiktok a bit more to be able to reach people who wouldn't normally follow the instagram page to see what we're up to and I think it's really great because these youth delegates from different development organizations can support each other in their work. They can amplify their messages. They can collaborate on projects. You know, a lot of the time when you go to these conferences, you're there as one of the only youth participants. So it's really nice to have more youth delegates from different spaces kind of coming together to support each other. And, you know, I've spoken a lot about the Plan International's Youth Advisory Panel before because that's one, you know, I come from a development background um, and that is one I've been really involved with. And I think, it's really great to see that they now have a youth advisory panel member on their board of, of directors. And I think it's really great to see such a high level of youth engagement that's as high as you can get and that they're providing sufficient um, training for youth um, the youth uh, representative on this panel. So I think it would be really great to see this be broadened across um, development organizations, especially those who work on youth issues and support youth and children. I think um, just echoing that, in terms of the, we're trying to get development issues and the SDGs into this mainstream space, um, be that through TikTok or through any other forms of media, I would love to see like national media talking about sustainable development in these 
these positive actions that have been taken every day, but it's um so that news isn't selling as well as some of the bad news is at the moment, but trying to change that so that we have more of these stories in the media would be really positive. And as well, and then in terms of the support of development organizations as well, um, when Jessica and I have traveled to New York, we've seen that there's a lot of youth delegates from the global north, particularly from Europe, and then largely an absence of young people from the global south. And I think the development organizations can play an active role in providing opportunities for young people from the global south. I know that the German Ministry of Foreign Affairs, in connection with youth organizations that work in sub-Saharan Africa, supported over 20 young Sudanese young people to travel to the General Assembly back in September. Um, and Jessica and I would love to see more initiatives from Ireland um, in supporting young people from the global south that they can engage in these multilateral processes in the same way that Jessica and I can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, listen, you, you've definitely done your bit and you've definitely, um, you know, just even through your engagement on social media, I know it's popped up. I, I've seen your, your faces popping up. So you are reaching the, the hard to reach people out there. Um, we spoke a little bit earlier just about the fact that you're now coming to the end of your term as Ireland's UN Youth Delegate. So I was just wondering if I could ask you both to maybe reflect on what were your standout moments over the past year? Um, I think for me, some of the standout moments were just meeting young people. It's just, you know, when you're in these kind of complicated meetings where you're using a lot of jargon, it can just become a bit a bit tiring to kind of see the bureaucracy side of the UN. Whereas like to meet young people, to see their passion, it's really refreshing. We uh, went back to a model United Nations, the Davis College Model United Nations that we both did when we were in school. And it was just really nice to connect with people who are at the starting point that you know, introduced us to the UN and really made us see this other world of politics and multilateralism and advocacy. And I think that was just so lovely. And also the consultation, I had the same feeling of just really feeling like you're making a connection with young people and seeing all this hope. And it really does remind you that there are a lot of people who are willing to do a lot of work and a lot of advocacy to ensure that we do achieve the SDGs and make the world a better place. And then just in terms of, you know, you know, seeing how how amazing Ireland is at the UN, you know, attending the Security Council, seeing how strong they are on human rights issues. It's just really reinforced my sense of national pride and makes me really proud to be part of such a such a fantastic team of, of advocates and diplomats. And yeah, I think it's just been a fantastic time as a youth delegate and so many, we've had so many opportunities I never could have imagined. I think one that we quote a lot is bumping into Malala in the corridor at uh, the Transforming Education Summit, you know, uh 16 year old me who was quoting her in my first ever public speaking opportunity uh could never have imagined that this would have happened so yeah I think this has just been the most fantastic opportunity and if anyone's listening to this and ever considering going to put themselves forward for the youth delegate program I think you really you should just go for it and you know I think it'll be the most amazing opportunity you have in your life yeah for me it's just been a dream come true to be at the UN and to have access to these spaces um and even at the UN there's there's massive variance in the level at which youth delegates are able to engage or encouraged to engage but Jessica and I have been really really privileged that um those working at the Irish Mission have wanted us to be an active part of what's happening there and to hear what we have to say and even um on one of the last Security Council meetings it probably was the last Security Council meeting that Ireland um was at in 2022 
um, we got to advise on the youth peace and security agenda um, and to actually hear our comments make their way into Ireland's statement at the Security Council. It's just, it's so surreal because growing up, you feel like these institutions are so far away when in reality, it's, there are spaces that you can access. Um, and again, um, as Jessica was saying, just meeting young people, that's been one of the highlights of my term and um, hearing stories and trying to bring those voices forward as best we can. Um, and to to see these young people feel like they're represented. Um, one of our last comments from at the end of the consultation, we had like a feedback and they could put up any sort of ideas they wanted. And my favorite one was like, it's great to see that we're actually being represented or it was something along those lines. And that just, that was better than anything that anyone else could say because that's what you're trying to do in this role. Um, you're trying to feel like you're doing the best that you can to represent what is a massive demographic that we can only ever do our best to do. And I do feel like we've we've given a good stab at it in any case. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, on that note, I'd just like to thank you very much for joining us today and to say congratulations for all of the incredible work that you've you've undertaken as Ireland's UN Youth Delegates. So on behalf of the IIEA, we would just like to wish, wish you the best of luck for the, the remainder of your term. This interview series is brought to you by the IIEA as part of our Global Europe project.